0: Just so y'all know, please, um, you can fast forward all of my episodes, um, to about five minutes in just because that is my intro music. Um, since usually this is a video podcast, um, I have a countdown of five minutes, so please do if you need to. what's going on everybody thank you for joining my name is eric Velasquez. i'm interviewing the candidates for the city of san antonio elections that are coming up here in may uh april next month is the early election or the early voting and that's april 19th to april 27 2021 election day is may 1st it's already here guys so i mean it's it's right around the corner so Let's let's make sure we start to get to know all these candidates, especially the school boards um, that we're going to start interviewing as well, because that's really important. Just mind-blowing some of the things that we've been learning and and things like that. So uh, stay tuned to those as well. So we're going to go and bring in our next guest. Hey, Cindy, what's going on?
1: Hi, good morning, Eric. How are you? Good.
0: Good. All right. So um, you wanted me to share your, your video. So let me just do that real quick. Uh,
1: with over 2 million people and growing, San Antonio is a beautiful city, rich with diverse culture, history, and still maintains a small-town feel. It's through efforts of hard-working people like yourself that have kept our city thriving. Raise. Uh, hello? Iris, okay. It was muted the entire time. <laughs> no way. Was it? Oh, mm-hmm. man.
0: Okay. Sorry, guys. Um, that's weird. Okay. Uh, my apologies, everybody. It usually works. So let's see. Try this one more time. Okay. We can try it one more time. Sorry, uh, Facebook. <laughs> so let's try it again.
1: With over 2 million people and growing, San Antonio is a beautiful city rich with diverse culture, history, and still maintains can, a feel. Can you town hear it? Field. Yes. Okay. It's through efforts of hardworking people like yourself that have kept our city thriving. Raised in the heart of San Antonio, my brother and I learned early on the value of hard work. We sold glass bottles, plums, even tin cans just to make a few dollars. As a single mother, I raised my children also in District 1 and I taught them the values I learned here in my community. Just like many of you, we have also struggled, but through hard work and our faith, we have been able to overcome Today, I look at our city and my district and I see that many in our community are still suffering and that these numbers keep rising. Crime rate keeps rising, homelessness keeps rising, our taxes also keep rising. The past 15 years, our community has witnessed firsthand the politicians they don't care about us where we live. Their political paths have not solved any of our issues. This race is about the people versus the politicians. Join me in standing up for our community, for our families, for the people who want the right choice for a better San Antonio. Together, we can vote to bring back our economic security for our city, safety for our neighborhoods, support small and family-owned businesses, reclaim the history, the art, the culture of the city that we call our beautiful home. Take a stand with me because I can't do this without you. This May, vote Cindy Dominguez for City Council District 1.
0: <clears throat> All right, awesome. Okay, so i that's a little bit of an introduction for you. So uh, go ahead and introduce yourself to everybody who's watching.
1: All right, hello, everybody. My name is Cindy Dominguez. I'm running for City Council District 1. Can you hear the echo? No. Okay, perfect. All right. So I've been in District One, living here for over 20 years. I raised my children here in District One. I have three kids. Um they're older now, so they're about your size. They're 26, 23, and 21. And they attended Colonia Hills, Jackson, Nimitz, and Robert Ely. Okay. So they grew up here right in the District One. Um, I'm a licensed professional. I'm licensed in over 17 states, um, including Texas and some other surrounding states. Um, Let's see here. I've been behind the scenes um, working in our community for since I was the age of 23. I worked in an education field, um, behind the scenes for political things, um, very active and involved. I like to help out our seniors and our community in our area. Um, I don't know. I graduated from Sunnybrook Christian Academy. Went there for six years of my life and played every sport there was to play. <laughs> was choice,
0: but what was my- your what was your favorite sport?
1: Um, I think my favorite was probably basketball. Ah,
0: um, okay.
1: So okay. we were like national champions in, in basketball.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, and. Totally off topic, but I mean, <laughs> we were watching the a league of their own, and me and my wife were like, Why is there no major league women's baseball? You know, like, uh, that would be really cool to see, you know. And it's, it's yeah, I, there, there's a lot of stuff that's like, Wow, why is it not, not there? You know,
1: you want to create a team, Eric? I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not good, I have to be in the outfield for baseball. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I, I used to photograph. Um, I used to so I used to do photography. So I used to do uh, take pictures of the the women's um, roller derby team here. And have you ever seen roller derby? Yes, I always
1: yeah. wanted to be a roller derby girl, but I was afraid to break a break a bone and be polarized.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know uh, they they rocked it on there. I used to. It was the Alamo City Roller Girls. I used, I did that for like six years, and it was so awesome. That they, they were like. Amazing. The guys couldn't compete with that though. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did
1: they meet right here at the roller uh, They restaurant? used to.
0: They get yeah, they used to. And and then they moved. And I think they're on the south side over by um um, what's that by the one of the missions down there? Um mm-hmm. I think by Theo and Malone. So um yeah it, it was awesome uh okay so just real quick reminder for anybody watching um if you would like to jump in and ask a question directly you can in the comments um instagram you can comment as well um somebody said a very nice video um and then also if some <laughs> if y'all would like to actually jump into the live stream you can do so by clicking on the link that i'm going to go ahead and post in the comment box um so you can actually jump into the live stream and actually ask um, Cindy a question directly just that way there's no loss in in translation when we're trying to on in the comments so um so first off what what's what pushed you to run for office I mean I know you get asked that a lot and everybody does so what was that like from saying you know what I'm thinking about it to just say you know what putting my head in there What, what was that journey for you
1: Honestly, it was from one day to the next. It was just a decision that I made. I was tired of what's going on in our city. I live about five blocks from the current council's office. So I am directly affected where I live by what is going on in our community. Um, And I just got tired of somebody not doing anything. So I decided to stand up and say, you know what, if no one's going to fight for a city, I will. And I had to kind of put my... Put my, you know, my strength forward and just say I'm gonna do it. There's no fear behind it. I'm just gonna go all in and fight for our city. If I've been doing it all along behind the scenes, I might as well put myself out and just do what I need to do. What's right for the people. It's not about me. It's about the people that live around me too. My children. I don't have any grandchildren yet, but when I do have grandchildren, I want you know San Antonio to be a cultural flourish. City for them to continue living in, you know, it's going to continue yeah. our legacy of our family.
0: Yeah. So, um, are are you part of that that neighborhood that's been in the media that I think was a Delview uh, that they've been, you know, there's yes. been a lot of conflict there between the mm-hmm. two, uh, two, two parties.
1: Uh Yes, I live in Delview. I live right five blocks from Trevino's office, so I live in the heart of Delview.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm. I mean what What has been that that back and forth between you know the association and and the councilman's office? I mean, obviously, a lot of people are upset, but what what are some things that you would like to see implemented that you think you can do to change this situation?
1: Um I understand how they're upset and they're fearful and they want something done. So basically, for the past five years, honestly, for the past 15 years, this part of our city has been overlooked, because um, I've lived here, you know, for a very long time. Um, What I would do is, I do have compassion for the homeless. I'm not going to lie. I, I will feed them, and I will offer them um, blankets or socks, whatever they need, I'm going to offer it them. But I'm not the one that's in office right now. If I was in office already, what I would do is pick up the homeless, they need to be uh, rehabilitated, reconditioned and put back into society. They are humans too. And they are, you know, voting people. Some of them are already registered to vote and some of them aren't, but they are citizens of San Antonio also. They each have a different story, but there's one thing that I would not do. Um, If you ever been to the back of Trevino's office, there's a man back there that has been there for five years who has lost the ability to walk. And why hasn't anybody called social services to help him? You know, he's disabled and he just sits there. I mean, there's certain things that he should have done already. So right now what I would do if I was already in office, I would have been working along with some of the other 501c3s that are already active. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You just have to allow them the access to do what what they're good at. If that's what they want to do is take in the homeless rehabilitate them offer them a tiny home offer them a place to stay um, a bunker a cubicle however it is a humane way instead of just offering them a piece of grass and a tent then by all means do what you're supposed to do you know let's let's get together let's pick up I picked up the homeless during um, the winter storm you know they're not all on crack and drugs there are a lot but they're not all there's some doctors out there there's some lawyers out there there's people who have um their families have passed away they lost their their home um their family has turned on them so there's different reasons why they're homeless at this time. sometimes people are just a paycheck away from being homeless I've been homeless and I've been homeless in district one hmm.
0: mm-hmm. so so what can you say to to those that are not um Compassionate towards the homeless because I mean we see a lot of that, especially in the politics, political world. It's like, well, well, they just need to get a job or whatever. So, um, what what can you tell to those people um, that might might think that way?
1: Well, I mean, it's okay for I mean, not everybody was raised the same way. So either you were raised with compassion and empathy or you weren't. You know, there's two alternates. So for the ones that do want to do something. Then help out for the ones that don't. At least don't block the way, don't stop it, don't find the people who do want to help. You know, allow them to do what their beliefs are. To um, if I want to go feed the homeless and open up, you know, tiny homes in my church, then by all means, don't find me eighty thousand dollars to to stop me. Don't serve me with the cease and desist letter. Allow me to do what what my right, and my my mind, my heart, my religious beliefs tell me I can do. You know, don't. Don't
0: stop me. Yeah. And, and I think currently, as of right now, it is illegal, supposedly, to give food out or do a <laughs> like, cooked food to people. From what I've heard from, you know, volunteers that are or organizations that are trying to give out food, that, that police will stop them from doing that. Um, so is there something that we can do as, at a city level that can stop us, stop people from doing that?
1: Well, I mean, I understand that we have to get like a permit. Let's follow the laws. If I need a if I need a food handler certification to feed the homeless, by all means I'll get it. It's eleven dollars. If anybody else wants to get it, I would, you know, help them receive it or achieve it. Um, but they shouldn't be stopped, you know. And if not, why doesn't the current council do something humanely to clear up that tent city? You know, there's tents behind him right now. I circle his office. <laughs> every day, at least twice a day, morning and night. Um, So I'm around, I see what happens and I see when they move them forcibly, but they need to um, allow people to do what what they're good at. Everybody has a challenge. Everybody brings something different to the table. If the city at least allows them or says, here's the plan, one, two, three, get your food handlers license or your preparation license and then you can go feed the homeless and you're allowed to at least feed maybe a cold meal like sandwiches and chips with bottled water as opposed to a hot meal. At least they're allowed to do something and they'll feel fulfilled within their heart You know that they've helped their community. Now, I don't wanna criminalize the homeless, Mm -hmm. but they do need help. They do need to be picked up and and the city council office is not the place for that. He should have reached out or to some churches or to some other 501c3s, whatever their specialty is, allow them to do that. And if anything, enable them with a, a grant or some funding that the city already has
0: yeah, and yeah, that's that's just. There's a lot of issues, right? That 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 go along with the homeless situation or houseless situation, and obviously, not one specific solution is going to fix everything. But definitely, money, throwing money at it is not helping, and, and that's what we've seen, like in District Ten. Um, I don't know specifically in District One, but the 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 hurdle that seems to happen is there's a lot of well, not a lot, but there's a couple of nonprofits that are trying to do stuff like um, build those tiny home areas, right? But they get red-taped and they get stopped because they um, people don't want it around in their neighborhood. So, if if let's say in in your area where there's a concentration of, of people. Would you be open to have some type of a tiny home uh, area in in your area, or 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 not? I guess is what. So I want to let
1: say. me tell you about. There's a type of program. Um, when I was, I'm just going to tell you the story right out. Okay. So yeah. when I was homeless, my children were about five, maybe four, and like two. I ended up staying at the Salvation Army shelter downtown on Flores. And I was there for about a month. And then um, I was a college student at the time. You know, I was a good college student. I had a job, I had everything going for me. But I was going through divorce at the time Um, or separation, you know. I ended up homeless because I took my car to get a clutch fix and the mechanic charged me three times as much as what he had promised. you know. So I was taking advantage of it, but that's okay. So I paid for my car, I got it out and I ended up not paying my rent. So I ended up homeless. You know, I was 23 at the time. Well, through the um, Salvation Army Homeless Shelter, they referred me to a home called the Visitation House. And the Visitation House is in District 1 mm-hmm. and it's right in the center of the community. Nobody would ever know that that was a rehabilitation home. And I don't say rehabilitation as in drug addicts. I say it was a home for single mothers with children who were in college pursuing a degree, but who became homeless. So tell me why we can't utilize programs like that that are already integrated into the neighborhoods and nobody knows that that's a program or nobody knows that those are homeless people because they're just like me. You know, they look normal, they talk normal, they're educated, they they have jobs. So at that time, I was making $10 an hour with three kids and I couldn't make it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I ended up staying there for two years and um, with some nuns. So it was uh, some Sisters of Charity of Incarnate Word that ran that at home. So I ended up staying there for two years while I worked on my degree at that time. And that program put me through um, spiritual counseling, mental counseling. I had tutors for myself, tutors for my children, Um People would donate clothes, would donate like Christmas stuff. You know, every every holiday there was something provided, you know, from the community. So it was all community provided, community donated, because mm-hmm. um, people wanted to see us succeed. You know, right. so programs like that integrated into the community with uh, humility, humbleness, giving, a humane way, will rehabilitate a lot of the homeless people that we have now. So there's a difference between... Having compassion and helping the homeless, and then there's a difference between trying to criminalize the homeless when when they still have potential. You know, not everybody is on drugs, but they have to be willing to get help. Mm-hmm. So, let me bring it back to my neighborhood real quick, because what's gonna what's happening here now? Why W is so mad, and we are so mad, is because the homeless right now have free reign. They're able to walk into the corner store and steal for breakfast, lunch, and dinner up to five hundred dollars and get away with it. Who's giving them that free ring? The city council is. The current city council right here in our neighborhood. And that's wrong. You know, I mean, that type of stuff needs to be addressed. That is a criminal, criminal activity. That part needs to be handled. But it's not a crime to be homeless. It's just a crime for your actions that you do if you are stealing or sex trafficking or having sex in the alley with young girls. Our neighborhood's pretty bad. People. I haven't talked about everything that goes on in our neighborhood, but our neighborhood is well known for, we have the highest um, in human and sex trafficking and child sex trafficking along with the homeless issue. So it's pretty scary. I mean, if you walk out to your alley, you'll, you'll see some grown men having sex with young girls. And when, who are we going to call if we don't have the cops? You know? Our, our neighborhood isn't as safe as it should be. Yeah. It's like we live in a third world country, you know, and we live here in San Antonio, Texas.
0: Yeah, um, and what what are the convenience store owners or what are they saying? I mean to this this situation.
1: Well, they call the cops for help, um, but there's there's nothing that they can do, you
0: know. Okay. Um, <clears throat>
1: but even like Starbucks right here on I, I don't know if you're familiar with the area, but there's a Starbucks on I ten and uh, Vance Jackson. Even they shut their lobby. Really. You know, the same reason for the homeless issues. So. Yeah. You can't even go to Walmart. You can't even go to Bill Miller's. You know, yeah. Bill Miller's is a congregation of at least ten to fifteen homeless in the very corner pole. Um,
0: um uh, Betty says, "What would you do about communication between city and seniors?" That's a, uh, That's a big one.
1: Definitely. Well, I mean, in addition to, um, hi, Miss Betty. <laughs> in addition to, um, you know, social like social community helpers. I mean, somebody has to be, and there's gotta be a program to help seniors. And if we're not helping seniors actively, we are losing our seniors. So we do need to stand up for them and protect them also. So whether it's a safe officer in the neighborhood that needs to help make phone calls or you know, they have these ideas to so send out note takers to the community instead of police department. We need to keep the police department and send out those note takers to make sure our, our seniors are at least safe. Um, but we can definitely set up some programs to help our seniors. You know, it was super sad to see how many seniors have been abandoned by their own children mm. who have, you know, been without food recently. And, I mean, COVID's been a long time, right? It's been about, what, a year and two? Yeah, three it months.
0: was a I mean, yeah, the anniversary was just recently.
1: <laughs> even before this time, our seniors were suffering, you know? So yeah. we can even maybe try, like, an adopt-a-neighbor program and specialize in, you know, pointing out where our seniors are if they agree to this, you know? But it also takes you know open communication with them. People if they don't have respect for our city, how are they gonna have respect for their fellow neighbor, their fellow senior? You know, I don't know how so many people were brought up without the morals and the integrity and compassion and empathy. You know, the first sign of a psychopath is the lack of compassion and empathy.
0: Uh, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> so how many psychopaths do we have running around <laughs> um so are there any um senior community centers in district one that that are like how many are there and are they being utilized to their full potential
1: um there's several there's multiple I would say more than fifteen for sure. Um, But I don't think they're being utilized to their full potential. I mean, they can use certainly assistance and certainly more food programs, more community helpers, more vigilant eyes to keep an eyes and ears. You know, one thing I didn't tell you going back to the homeless with the seniors um, in Delview, there's back homes to senior houses and I don't want to scare anybody, but Homeless people go into those back houses because they have like a detached garage and they they live in there because they know the senior citizens not able to get out and move fast enough to that detached garage, and that's pretty scary, hmm. but uh, we definitely need to mobilize some kind of community action network or something for the entire city because especially in district one we're not safe.
0: Gotcha um. Yeah yeah and so the the senior centers um why do you believe that they're not being utilized the to their full potential
1: i think it's just a portion of our um society that has been overlooked i mean people don't even take care of their abuelitas
0: Hmm. Uh, but he says senior centers are closed which i mean Mm -hmm. i'm assuming probably because of covid which makes it even worse and and harder to get to 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 seniors that might need some more help or whatever so um I mean do you, do you think it's safe to open the senior centers right now or um
1: well i mean it would first of all it would be up to them depending on how safe they feel if they want to reintegrate back into the to the senior centers i mean if they have their covid shot or they feel prepared enough to go back in i mean we do have to take precautions to integrate them back in slowly we can't just you know right take them in. Together and then afford to lose our seniors because they're all together, Um, and spread of COVID is still.
0: Yeah. um, So what would? would, Oh yeah. Sorry. Uh, So what would be your your plan of action, um, if you do get it into office to to help with the seniors then uh, as far as like to get them the resources that they need. and things like that
1: well I, I want to address miss Betty's comment right here um, where it says the city closed a hundred church so the keyword is city and church the city should not have a right to close those churches down first of all and if the church wants to reopen those senior citizens and uh, centers and they should be able to that's the church's right you know what I mean if that's their 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 duties are to protect you know protect The seniors, the homeless, the poor, they got to do their religious duties, too. They can't just be shut down or closed from doing what they're supposed to do, what their calling is in the Bible.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Carlos says, this homeless problem continues. On Delview specifically, we will be able to use this to help us reduce property taxes. I mean, it's worth a shot. You can tell them, you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, it is worth a shot. I mean, I'm pretty sure if enough people came forward, we can definitely um, do something about that. And what should lower our property taxes is the two hotels right here, um, the one behind Bill Miller's and the one behind Starbucks. You know, they're well-known for sex trafficking. I think that those hotels don't have very much value if that's what they're going to be there for mm-hmm. is to corrupt you know our neighborhood even more. So what
0: what do you think about this whole uh, thing with buying the hotels to have um, maybe house homeless people for rehabilitation purposes? Do you think that could be a possibility or do you think that's going in the wrong direction?
1: I think the hotel is a dangerous would be a dangerous purchase honestly who if we can't even monitor uh, a homeless tent behind the city council for 15 people to 20 people, how in the world are, and keep those people safe, not only is it going to be drug use, sex trafficking, human trafficking. I mean, who's going, to, who's going to monitor the hotel? And I did see the video of the hotel that they're referring to in Austin. I mean, that's pretty luxurious, you know, but why can't they integrate that into a smaller portion, you know, maybe like eight to 10 or eight to 20, um, a smaller amount as opposed to a, an entire hotel. The occupancy would just be overwhelming. They can't even take care of Haven for Hope here, much less another hotel.
0: So, uh, so what would be the difference? Do you think between like a, a small, tiny home community between a, a, like a, a hotel or a little motel? What would be the difference between that?
1: Well, first of all, the amount of homeless that would be in there. But second of all if you if you integrate them back into community all around the city, not everything has to be focused only in District 1. Right, like, right, like, right. They want to cram everything into District 1, yeah. but why not Let, let's make the entire city flourish, not just District 1 is pretty established, and, you know, I think we're pretty filled.
0: <laughs> we yeah. have
1: a nice, you know, array of businesses and stuff. But why don't we integrate these homes in places that it could be established you know not everything has to be a grand hotel where someone's going to benefit off of buying that hotel or making that hotel Um, when instead the community would rather help you know if they saw eight homeless men in a rehabilitation home then maybe they might be more considerate and willing to help out and say you know hey i can do this for that home I, you know i can donate this i can make this I can supply that, you know, everybody has a talent, whatever their talents are, they're more than willing to use them. You just have to take them for what talent they do have. So let's go back to the visitation home um, in district one. You know, nobody knew we were there. We had, it was a small apartment complex for eight families and it was manageable. You know, they can manage a a smaller amount as opposed to a hotel, Mm -hmm. those, you know, people, it's probably going to be more cost in administration than it would be caring for the actual homeless that are in there. You know, it kind of just sounds like a sorority house or something. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, And just for everybody watching, uh, you can protest through property taxes at bcad.org every single year. Do not go a year without protesting your taxes. Um, You should be getting something in the mail soon with your property appraisal. Uh, Make sure you, you reject the offer twice um, so you could protest it the first time and then your second one, then you will go in for your formal protests. Uh, it's simple to do online. If you don't know how to do it, um, you know, uh, ask some questions. Uh, I'll probably be doing a class here soon. So um, we need to have some more information like that for people to be able to protest their taxes because we're taxing people out of their homes. So, um, dcad.org is where you would protest your taxes. Um, And let's see here. Um, Vanessa asks, what would you do to help small businesses?
1: Okay. Um, Great question. You know, I hate to repeat this again, but District 1 has the highest number of small businesses that have been closed, and the current council that's in office right now has sat and all that money, millions of dollars with CARES Act that has come through. Why didn't they help keep some of those smaller businesses open? You know, now they've shut their doors and boarded them up. But definitely it's time to reclaim, rebuild, you know, and thank God our cities reopened to help these small businesses. if they continue on with certain type of restrictions or mandates, like I would, if I would have the option to vote on this last mandate that they close the businesses for Thanksgiving, I would have said no. I would have fought it. I'm actually, I did fight it. I went, you know, with a few friends to stand up for those small businesses. Um, but they should have the right to keep their businesses open. If you have to create a mandate, then allow them the opportunity to say, you know what, I've already abided by the restrictions you put out. Why are you going to close my business? They need to hear, their voices need to be heard too. They were all silenced and shut down immediately from one one day to the next. You got to eat, you know, you got to close and eat outside. And then by the time Tuesday came, came around, you can only eat inside and not outside. I don't know. They flip-flopped it. It was, it was the most ridiculous mandate that they ever came up with. Um, but we need to reach out to our communities, small businesses. There's several organizations that do help certain type of businesses. Um, like Several, um, I forgot what you call it, but they get certified through the city, like uh, different hubs of the city. And um, they get a certification for like being like a, a Latino or small business or woman owned, you know? And we need to be able to have at least some type of direction to help these small business owners and say, hey, this is what is available to you. You know, if your capacity or your amount of employees is under 30, this is what is available to you. And if your capacity in your business is 500 or more, here's specialty programs for you. And if you don't know how to apply for them, then we have somebody to help you with that. But definitely, um, the small businesses need to be heard. Their voices need to be heard because they matter. They, that's what makes up our. Our city, our city is culturally diverse because of all the different types of businesses. Mm-hmm. Even if you start to look at the businesses that have made it and you think, wow, I should have invented that <laughs> and I would be a millionaire. You know, they, everybody thinks a different way. And whatever it is, their, their um, expertise is, they, it's needed here. You know, they thought of it and they need to be able to make the best burger make the best tamale make the best craft you know, make, make the best yard sign, whatever it is. They need to be able to stay open because they have other people to feed too.
0: Yeah, definitely. And perfect segue into my next question. What are your three favorite small business restaurants in District 1?
1: Um, if it's for sushi, I'm going to go to Goro's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to get the YouTube roll there. <laughs> um, if it's, I'm always like seafood related. I like to go to La Playa and get the filete flameado. That's pretty good. Come um, and a go-to always, I don't know how small you think this is, but it would definitely be Mi Tierra. <laughs> okay. some and some zapata margaritas there.
0: <laughs> so I'm going to put that on the comments. So y'all go check those places out. They're small businesses. Um, we want to make sure we we help You know these small businesses stay afloat um so all right, let me get back to these questions here. There's a lot of questions coming up. So uh Youth 412 Connection, what is going on? Um where is your priority on helping or providing youth programs within your district one? Thank you.
1: You know, this is an interesting question. Um, and thank you for asking that, youth 12 youth 412. Um, I was actually thinking. My kids, you know, because we we grew up here in in this area, and we have now put in all our taxpayer money into Robert E Lee and into Nimitz. They've been remodeled and rebuilt, and they have some excellent um, track, tennis. I mean, you name it, they have excellent um, state of the art. Um, you know, I wouldn't say venues or you know, but they have access to the state of the art. You know, courts now. So I think that we should be able to, since the taxpayers pay for it, why don't the taxpayers, if they have a youth program, how come they're not able to utilize that? Why do they have to build and create a whole new youth complex, you know? I mean, I applaud those who can build a whole new youth complex, but, hey, we have parks and recreations here, you know what I mean? I like, allow them to create a schedule. When my kids were growing up, actually, they did have a parks and recreation dance, and then eventually, you know, that phased out, uh, it was shut down. But, um, you know, we need to create programs for, for the youth, too, because if we don't show the youth how to work together at a younger age and how to grow up in teams and get along and negotiate, then they grow up and they want to ban everything, you know? They need to learn those skills of team playing. Yeah. And it's better if they know people within their own community because then they grow up together.
0: Mm -hmm. yeah definitely um and just a reminder for everybody on instagram uh facebook uh youtube twitch if you want to ask a question please go ahead and and type in a question um and if you are also wanting to jump into the conversation you can click on the link that i placed above up close to the beginning you can click on that link you can actually jump into the conversation um so please uh use that feature as well because it's a kind of like a public forum. So uh, let's see here. Where are we at? Um, Carlos says, uh, we just appreci- appreciate <coughs> you on a difficult topic. We know there's no clear cut answer. We just appreciate someone that's willing to help improve District 1 Do you know, choose to ignore the residents that elected them. Um, let's see here. Most candidates need to understand the Older Americans Act and what our city has not done for our seniors. Locate all seniors. So. When we have an emergency, we can do something. Yeah, that's that was a big issue. Mm-hmm. You know, we we heard it all across the city. I mean,
1: you what is what are something um, that I realized that was faulty a, a few years back. I don't know if you're familiar with the story, but my friend's mother went missing. Her name was Maria Yamas, mm. and he, he immediately you realized that I have a few friends that are missing. But um, uh, immediately you realize that there was nowhere to contact. That you had to wait so many days, or you had to go through so many, um, you know, ties or red ties, whatever you want to call it, to just get the assistance that you needed. You know, and we need more programs like the Heidi Search Center, to but for specialized for seniors too, because when they went missing, there was nowhere to turn. You know, you had to really reach on the community with flyers and sharing and social media. And she has yet to be found to this day, you know, and it's so sad. So, yes, we do need to integrate. Um, I think once um, maybe when they reach uh, Medicare age or something, we can have some form of system to locate those seniors. If they can find them to try to sell them Medicare, then they can find them to try to help. Or your, <laughs> or your car
0: insurance.
1: Or your car, what is that called? That your, yeah, your, your,
0: in, yeah, yeah, your auto policy, whatever. Yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, I
1: mean, I'm not app savvy, but I'm pretty sure that we can, ha- and not all seniors have apps, so there's got to be something that the citizens that we can go into and look and say, hey, you know, I have a senior, we have the Neighbors app. You know, the Neighbors app should be used or the Nextdoor app should be used for more things like locating exactly where they are, pinpointing them, but to protect them, not to take advantage of them because someone yeah. take advantage of them.
0: Right, exactly. Um, let's see here. Um, Betty said they have misused senior funds. I don't know at which point, I think this was earlier, but I can't remember what we're talking about specifically. Um, one good compliment against her other opponents. Do you have a, a good compliment? I guess for your other for your other opponents.
1: <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure there's always something good. Let me think. To <laughs> have to mention the current one, none seen.
0: Yandy, yeah. <laughs>
1: well, I'm pretty sure they're all strong male figures that have taken the step to put their name on the ballot. You know, and that takes a lot of um, bravery to do that because you become the face of the people, you know? But um, I do see some of them have the willing to learn and I see some of them are ambitious in different ways. You know, they all have good qualities. I mean, they're humans too. And I'm not running like against them per se. You know, I'm running for the people. So it's about time. So if you saw my video, that meant a lot to me because it's about the people versus the politicians. You know, it's about us now in the community. People yeah. have overlooked us, seniors, our children, and just our normal everyday community. So we've been all overlooked.
0: Definitely. Um, Carlos says, door-to-door community outreach to all District 1 business owners would be great. I'm willing to assist. Hey, there you go.
1: All right, Carlos. Uh, <laughs> on that, can you text me at right. 210-988-5455? And I tell everybody, I am totally transparent and accessible. I post my phone number everywhere. Call me, Here, text we- me. Email, what is it? 210 988
0: 5455. Okay, so I'm going to put it on here and then I'll post it on so that way people can see it and then uh, they can text you or whatever. Um, yeah, and, and okay, and with that,
1: I want to. Your phone number.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Uh, Yeah, I know. It's not mine. It's not mine. (laughs) Um, I I do want to ask, though, is with everything going on with with the elections and stuff like that, do you you feel like we can have a better election model and, and, and a better way to campaign instead of spending so much money on advertisement or things like that? Do you think there should be a cap on on how much a campaign can can? get in contributions like completely not per person but completely um do you think there should be something like that
1: well i mean okay there, that's kind of like a three questions in one as far you first you asked about the election system and then you asked about a cap for campaigns
0: let's, let's do the cap for campaigns yeah
1: okay so in regards to a cat for campaign y'all can help me reach that we <laughs> haven't reached that yet but um I think that for, there should be a cap on who's funding those campaigns, because that's where, I and I don't want to say this, but that's where the corruption leads in, it's who's funding those people that are campaigning, and what's their motive behind them donating those funds, you know? So there should be a cap on that part. Um, now, as far as, like, how many donors or how much a donor can give, I mean, we already have the caps at, you know, 500 per person. Um, but I think that for a local race, I mean, I would say about forty to fifty thousand. I mean, it's just a, it's kind of just trying to get your word out, you know. And it's sad that people don't have the access to see everything that we do or where we have to promote. You have to depend, you know, on a yard sign or a flyer, and a flyer doesn't convey who you really are. You know, it says our highlights, but it doesn't. It doesn't really convey how our approach is to to the people or to humanity. So I mean there should be caps for sure. The limit, I but I wouldn't be able to tell you the exact number on because every campaign is different.
0: Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well but that's the thing too is is there's there's some campaigns that can't earn a lot. Um mm-hmm. or, or aren't willing to earn a lot because they just feel like it's better to just go to door to door, kinda like how Carlos is saying to just go to door and do it that way. Cause at the end of the day, um are we relying our people just to see our signs to get elected, or are we wanting people to, to to connect with our people that we're voting for? So, I think that's that's the the question about it. Is but mm-hmm. what what I saw on on some campaign finance reports, there are limits, right, of five hundred dollars. But what I noticed that there were, and not for you, I'm not I'm not talking about you. I'm just I'm talking from from other people's. There were some that were getting $500 twice from the same person, um, which is kind of weird. Well, maybe
1: and, it was one husband and one wife. It just depends. Maybe they shared the same
0: What Well, it was the same name. It was the same name. So that's why it was kind of, I was like, huh, I thought, you know, it was the, the limit of $500 per person, but. I don't know if it's per transaction or what.
1: It's not <laughs> so, per transaction; it's per person. So <laughs> you you're more than welcome to donate five hundred dollars to my campaign, claim. <laughs> but you can't do it twice. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, and so that that's where I think the the issue lies in is why are some getting paid twice from the same person? Um, you know, it really starts questioning some things. So, but yeah, that, that's what really. I think a lot of people are frustrated with the corruption and and, and being people, having politicians bought off for, um, you know, I mean, that's, that's a really big deal. Uh, let's see here.
1: Um, so it depends on Fernando. I see what he said about the 1000 max per person, but that's for the mayor. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for the mayor for a city council. It's 500 per person and 1000 per couple, but it would, you know,
0: yeah. So I don't know. I, I don't know what, what happened with that situation, but uh, oh,
1: please uh, screenshot me that later.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Everybody could find this information on the no, city of San Antonio website under the campaign finance reports. You can look up any candidate um, and find out where this money is coming from and where you spend it. Um, so definitely you want to make sure, you know, who, who, Who the candidates are and where they're spending all this money from. Two. Uh, Let's see here. Where are we at? Um, Shannon says, I agree, Betty. Uh, Even in Delview, when we pass out the food to the elderly because they don't have access to social media or internet most times, we don't even know they are out there suffering. We really need to go door to door to identify elderly and who needs help. Hmm. Very true. Um, Betty says, Can we get our streets in our neighborhood repaired? We are. Never in the list for repairs. We have one sidewalk to a bus stop that has not been finished. Only one half done. Why?
1: Oh Yes, we definitely need to repair the streets. You know, one thing that was super funny is after I put my name on the ballot for the election, uh, two weeks later, my sidewalks are being redone. <laughs> <laughs> I know that was I was like, they are definitely watching me. But, um, I mean, definitely, we need more lighting in certain areas. Mm-hmm. And we need some kind of security or some kind of monitoring in our alleys. We all have alleys, so a lot of stuff goes on in those alleys. Uh, we definitely need to redo um, our streets. You know, I think that some portions of our streets are already broken and we need to redo our, our guardrails. Um, I don't know if you remember, there's a guardrail um, over here by the quarry. And a few years ago when it flooded, there was a family that drowned there. Mm. That guardrail is still broken, Like, How many years does it take to fix this guardrail? Mm. Somebody else can still um, have an accident and go to that guardrail or they can still, the next flood, somebody can be right back in the same situation, you know? So our town, our part of our district, you know, district one has really been overlooked and we have a lot of dark spots that offer crime that shouldn't be there, you know?
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Ann says, uh, what will you do to protect the property owners and residents um, from so much of the unsheltered in and around D1?
1: So I'm assuming unsheltered, like the homeless people. Um, Well, okay, so we do need more more police officers. Um, They need to be able to have the right to remove those homeless and at least tell them or give them a transport to another center that's going to help them and if they don't want the help then they need to be you know taken to some you know maybe the haven for hope can open up their yard at least they can be taken into the yard there um, and protect us during the nighttime. time but um, the property owners and the residents so i mean i live here too so in w and what i what i notice is that we don't ever see a police officer come through our neighborhood because they're always there's not enough for one, you know, there's not enough police police officers. So we really have to rely on our own neighborhood. But then at the same time, some people will call the cops on you for laughing too loud. Why don't they call the cops when the neighbor two houses down is having their house burnt down by the homeless? You know? Because that's what happened on my street where I live. So, I mean, we have to utilize each other right now because we don't have the protection that we need. And we need people to be able to listen to us, too. We are are residents, too. We are voting citizens. We need to protect our properties, too. And if we have to bring protection into our own hands, then, of course, somebody else is not going to agree with that either. So we need to be able to enable our community to have enough adequate officers and allow them to do what they're supposed to do and protect
0: us too. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and uh, um, Cindy did answer this question earlier, and kind of just right now as well. So, um, uh, if you want to go back and look and listen to that that part of it, you know, uh, you definitely can. Um, Edward asks, um, "Do you support defunding the police? Does the incumbent in D one, Robert Trevino, support this initiative?"
1: So the first part, I do not support defunding the police. Um, and I'm telling everybody right now to vote no against those propositions. We do need our police officers, and if you feel that you don't need a police officer, then just wait one day when you're going to need them. Who, who are you going to call? You know, a note taker, a social worker? It's not going to work. Wait till something happens to your children or your grandmother, and then you're going to realize how bad you need them. Does the incumbent in D1, Robert Trevino, support this initiative? Robert Trevino supports defunding the police. You know, he he's already said on Twitter about a month ago that he wants to defend the police. You know, so I'm gonna tell you this, all citizens matter. And we need our police department.
0: Okay. Um and just so everybody knows, we will actually have um fixed SAPD on here um, sometime soon just so that way they can talk about their their whole organization and what they're doing um, to, for for them, they have said that they are not wanting to defund the police. Um, they wanting to remove the, the the chapter for it, 174. Um, I have also reached out to Sopoa. So Sopoa is still kind of in limbo with as far as coming on to also talk about why they're against everything. So um, because we want to make sure we have a clear understanding between both of the initiatives. Um, that's the only reason why we're going to have both of those, uh, well, hopefully Sapoa will be here, I know Fixed SAPD will, will be on here, but just want to make that clear um, that we're going to have, hopefully, both on to be able to talk about this issue and uh-huh. hopefully support it with facts um, with, with on either side. I just want to make sure, I want to make that clear. <laughs> I'm not siding yeah. with anybody. uh just want to make sure that we have that information, and we can get that clear across the the people.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, so, if, if you don't, if Sapoa does not come on for one reason or another, then we have another advocate um, that I can put you in contact with, who knows the facts and is also a retired police officer and does come to some of our events. I don't know if you saw him at the mayoral. Yeah, he, yeah. He's, he told me
0: he wouldn't do it. Wouldn't <laughs> he said that he wouldn't. Uh, Quote unquote talk with liars, I guess. Uh, well, not me, but with, with Fix SAPD. So, oh,
1: maybe, oh uh, you want to on the same show or on different shows? On the
0: same show, yeah, yeah. Oh. I, I, I want, I want because one, I have a mute button. I can mute anybody I want to, right? <laughs> so, there will not be any type of argumentative, you know, like whatever it is. Um, I just want to make sure each person has their own opportunity to speak and back their um, back their claims with facts. So I just want to make sure I have that open platform for both at the same time. So that way we're not guessing who and who's, you know, so that's that's my goal. (laughs)
1: Well, no, maybe you should separate them.
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, they will be separate. I mean, it's going to be a virtual thing. Two different hours. Yeah.
1: Well <laughs> let me know. If you need help, then I might you know, call Yeah, me.
0: yeah, definitely. Um let's see here, where are we at? Uh um Carlos has what programs or events would you create to help unify district one neighborhoods and businesses and how would you bring our neighbors together?
1: Well, those that are break bread together, stay together. So I feel like if we can all It it, it takes a time to unify, okay? So one person has a start, and then it it grows to four, and then it grows to eight. But if they're more than willing to work together, I mean, there's several ways we can do it. I mean, it's kind of like national night out, but just don't do it on one night, you know, put it for the entire city to participate. If they can, um, what is that called? Where where you go to each restaurant and you try their $30 meal. Something yeah, like, like the, the we neighborhood
0: that. week. Let's do neighborhood yeah, so. week. <laughs> so
1: let's, have, let's have that in our own neighborhood though. You know what I mean? We like open right. up and You know, I'm I'm actually willing to open up my front yard to start this out because I've been talking to some of my own friends mm-hmm. and I said, you know, what if I just invited people over in the front yard and had them and just come in, you know, or at you know at W Park or something. Mm-hmm. Um just have like community, small, start out small, small community potlucks or barbecues, you know, just the way we used to do back in the days when we were growing up. You know, sometimes we, the church would just say potluck and then that's how you got to meet people in your church. Well, right. that's how you get to meet people in your, in your neighborhood also, you know, but, um but have it, you know, maybe there's some businesses that can say, you know what, we're going to start uh unity fellowship and on this night and then have a special, maybe like burgers and stuff. Fries, four ninety nine, or some you know, Unity special, yeah. and you have us all come in you together. Get and to you know, help a
0: small business. You get mm-hmm. to bring people together. We start talking with each other instead of um, you know commu- communicating on 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 the internet. So yeah, that's and San Antonio likes to party anyway, right? <laughs> they, they like to have. It's St.
1: Patrick's Day. How about that? No,
0: yeah, yeah, there you go. <laughs> 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 um. Yeah, so let's see here. Uh, Where are we at? I don't even know. Almost Park has some sinkholes on the street. No money according to the city. What can you do to see we get streets? We were built in 1940 and have paid taxes a very long time.
1: So that's one thing about taxes that I feel our our community taxes always go to the other community for some reason because they're in a more of a dire need. But I think that we should allocate our neighborhood taxes for our neighborhoods, even though we you know our neighborhood is not as the property is not as much as other properties in different you know districts. But I think that our taxes should stay locally. Like we already have beautiful schools in in our neighborhood. But what about our streets? What about our sinkholes? What about our light posts? Instead of taking all of our money and putting it in, I think they should distribute it amongst the neighborhoods that are paying. If you're paying your local school tax, then why aren't we paying our why isn't it going to our own local neighborhoods? You know, why are they taking it and giving it to other neighborhoods? You know? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like they can't just steal from one to give to the other, you know. But if they're paying for it, then we should be able to have it. If we're paying for it, we should be able to have that in our neighborhood. So it's true. They've been paying taxes for a very long time. It's a more established neighborhood. Um, And because it's established, it's kind of, it's overlooked, you know, it's kind of like they overlook um, just like our seniors. If they overlook our seniors, they're overlooking those homes that have been there for longer periods of time, you know, but that's what I'm saying. Like we should be taking care of the entire, the entire city should be flourishing for us such a, popular city that we have in such a diverse city, it should be flourishing all over, not just in some areas as opposed to others, you know? So we have to, like, reintegrate and think we don't need everything concentrated in District 1. We need to fix the entire district, you know, and spread things out. And then once we fix, everybody fixes their own districts, then at least the economy will be kind of flourishing all over not just in certain
0: neighborhoods, you know? Yeah, definitely. Um, so with that, I, with, the, with the rising cost of property taxes, what are some of the things that you would like to see done? I know you can't change the property tax issue, right? Because that's, that's BCAD, but what are some things you would like to do to help with that, that everything going on with the property taxes?
1: Well, first of all, we do need to educate people on property taxes and where their property taxes are going to and what it's funding. Um, If they don't understand that part, then they're not going to understand how it's dispersed or how it's um, used to pay certain things, you know. But we do have a lot. Our city is uh, a wealthy city, and we do have a lot of money. And there's a lot of overflow of money that goes to projects that shouldn't even be considered. And that money should also be reallocated back into the taxpayers that
0: have um, put that money forth, you know. And so, um, which is another topic is is definitely make sure you're paying attention to who you are electing for your school boards, um, because the school boards have a lot of say of where that money, that property tax money, goes to. Because what is it? They're the they get a lot of. They get a lot of money from your property taxes. Uh, I can't remember the exact percentage, but there's a lot of money that comes from our property taxes that go to the schools. But if if we're not putting that money to good use, then you know the teachers aren't getting paid enough money. Then then where is that money going to? Um, you know, and so definitely make sure you you find out who your school board elections uh, candidates are as well. Um, and that's what we're going to try to do as well here is trying to. Interview a lot of the the school board members that are up for um, election because we need to make sure we know where these people are going to. Like, what are they? What are their top priorities?
1: Where are their and where are their beliefs?
0: Right. Where they
1: to <laughs> that are indoctrinating our children?
0: Exactly. Um, let's see here. Um. Oh, so D one has a ters. Um. Uh it so seems Cindy doesn't understand TURS or how funds are already equally dispersed to SA. Can you kind of maybe?
1: So he's referring to like uh, the tags like re- redistributing zones and stuff. Well, every zone matters. You know, they choose certain zones and certain. They polarize on one certain thing and try to invest in that. But what about the neighborhoods that are being left behind? You know, if they're not part of that plan, they need to be part of that plan because they're taxpayers too.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think, but he says, "What we, what will you do to see the streets get fixed? What is your plan?" And,
1: well i already said that earlier like we have to fix our streets so we have to take a look at the what's going where the money is going and why our money is going there because we need to reallocate that money back into here not just into certain zones that are um trying to be renovated you know we need to concentrate throughout the entire district not just certain parts of it you know that's why i say like a lot of money goes into downtown but what about where we live you know like downtown is flourishing, and if they stop shutting it down, then we'd have enough tourists that are coming in and supporting our businesses. So we would have enough money, not only with the tax money that we're paying, but with also with the money that's coming into our city from tourists. If we're one of the number one tourist attractions, we should be able to make that money.
0: Yeah. And um, so what are your thoughts on that, the Western urban plan that they have downtown um basically it's the uh it's a 32 story building and they are they got a 7.5 million dollar subsidy from the city so basically yeah they they got 1.5 million in ters money and the rest was all from property tax uh mm-hmm. exclusion or whatever it is
1: um so one thing that i think i I mean it's already in action right but when we are approving these developers to come do big projects like that why does it have to be downtown why can't we i mean there's how many high rises do we have already and there's not even enough streets or parking spots for all the millions of people that are going downtown when our city is open why couldn't we at least say we'll give you that tax break in this other location, because we want to, we want to develop that part of our city too, not just downtown. I mean, so much happens outside of downtown circle. Let's put that in another development area. But as far as the tax breaks, I mean, we should hold them accountable too, because they should be re- reintegrating some of those breaks into our city and either make them choose um, some sort of help, either help the homeless or help the seniors or redirect some of that tax break money and say, you know, if we give you a tax break for 10 years and why can't you help at least choose one of these programs and say, you're gonna help them for 10 years also, because they're gonna make their money back and, and almost immediately. And we're giving them huge tax breaks when as homeowners we don't even get those types of tax
0: breaks right that's the big question is why are we giving these tax breaks to all these companies Mm -hmm. and not to our own people that we're kicking out and and i posted an article earlier about um you know the the california people that are coming over here and everything and you know it's it's raising our rents it's raising our mortgages um, because they they're not used to paying so little so all this stuff is going up higher and higher so you know, there's definitely something that, that we are we have to be kind of worried about, but how can we coexist? Because, you know, we don't want to shun people out. <laughs> you know, but...
1: Yeah. Well, we don't want to shun them out, but I mean, they're, they're not in all other districts besides District 1.
0: Right, right, exactly. Um Bridging the Gap says, thank you for attending our Bridging the Gap meeting on Tuesday. Uh, you have also seen how one of the different ways we impact the community it is this type of operations that can help the community we are open to help any district communities that are in need of help by partnering together thank you yeah you guys are awesome yes,
1: thank you for having me Bridget and the got
0: um, let's see here. Thank you for putting yourself out there. Thank you for caring about District 1. Delvey needs to direct voice to City Hall. Please continue to advise how we can reach and support you. I will reach out. Thanks again, Cindy. Um, and then Emily, I think, put on here, um, there's your website, right?
1: Yes, that's okay. my website. And then if you click on my website, um, it'll take you to my phone number, my email, my social media pages. I'm transparent, so if you want to find me, you can find me.
0: <laughs> um, and uh, one last thing before we we, we stop here. Um, do you think that ranked choice voting would be a, a good thing for our city? Um, and if so, like, what are your thoughts on it, I guess?
1: Um, well, that's a good question. So ranked choice voting would be better for, like, a smaller community. But I think our city has millions of people that that would be more like a popularity contest um, yeah, that's kind of like, it's kind of like you just want to vote for your high school prom queen or something, but I think we should fix our election systems that we have here and make sure that that election has, um, our machines, our process, um, the way we carry through our elections has, um, is done properly and not overlooked or not misused. So rank choice voting, yeah, uh, so we would eliminate out of our just say out of our six candidates that we have now in D
0: one, you would eliminate what three of them? I mean no, so here I'll I'll just explain, especially to everybody because this is new, this is a newer concept uh for the US in general, but the way ranked choice voting works, every election, even the election we have now, we have to have the fifty plus one percent, right? Mm-hmm. The the candidate who wins has to have the fifty plus one majority. Um and if they don't we have a runoff right which we have to wait for another couple of months to have another runoff what happens is every runoff election costs our city taxpayers us 8 to 10 million dollars every time to have a, a a runoff election which also has a low turnout to begin with already right so what happens with ranked choice voting It eliminates runoff elections by having an instant runoff election, and especially in races like D2 and D3 and D5, where it has, you know, a lot, right, seven or more candidates running. What happens is you vote once, you vote for your specific candidate by order, so you can, let's say if you have your first person is this one, and then you, you rank them however you want to, one, two, three, four, five. If your preferred candidate doesn't win, has enough votes, and nobody does have enough votes to hit that fifty plus one percentage, then that last that person that has the least amount of votes gets dropped off. Gets dropped off, and then goes to round two automatically. You don't have to do anything. Nobody has to re-vote or anything. Then it just keeps doing this cycle until there is a clear and definite winner. Um, and what happens with this is this creates to where it has more people's voices um, heard and it's and it is not actually a popularity contest because with the current election the way it is it's already set up for just two people the way everybody starts putting out there especially in the media it's like well here are your two choices and that's it and they don't bother with the rest of the people and they usually favor the incumbent and things like that so this is why ranked choice voting helps with kind of evenly evening things out and people are more um prepared to maybe vote how they want to vote and can see how they want to vote and also it would create a little bit of um unity between the candidates as well because then as an as a candidate you would want to try to get somebody else's second place vote um for their voter base so it kind of helps Stabilize things a little bit and then we're not Really too focused on the party System and how you know You have to vote this way this way it really Starts focusing more on the candidate themselves So um, with that explanation Does that kind of Make you think about it differently
1: Well yeah I know I understand it completely I just don't think for the size of our city And the magnitude of what we have Going forward in our city In our city election I don't think that would be a great idea But um for a smaller county, I would say yes because they can't afford to go into a runoff or whatever. But here in San Antonio, I think that we should just fix the election, you know, integrity problems that we are having now. Um, that type of system could be used for other things, you know. But I don't think it would be good to like. It, it's kind of like a mathematics game. It's, it's not going to be, uh, it's going to end up by the statistics and not by who the people really want in there. You know, it's, it's, so I, I still think it's more like, it's one seat, choose the one person, and if the last two make it in, then let's go ahead and have the runoff. But I think that the averaging to get the voters to choose their ranking, it'd be different if there was three seats, you know, or something like that. And then first, second, third made the first, second, third place, and they got into those seats. But I don't think it would be good for one seat you know, one city council seat as opposed to if there was three positions, you know, like city council assistant and vice assistant or whatever, then maybe that would be you know the hierarchy of how they can be placed in there. But I just don't see that as a solving anything for San Antonio. But who knows? I mean, we can always talk about it and try yeah. to sway my thinking. Or <laughs> I mean, I'm <laughs> open to suggestions if that's what people want. Then that's what the people are going to get, you know? Yeah. So think, um, if they wanted to go that route, we should definitely take time to educate the community so they know what they're going to get into before we chose that type of system.
0: Exactly. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> all right. Uh, so um, Marianne says, voters need to research the values of the candidate and the issues of the district. It's not a popular This is true. This is very true. And, um, you know, it, it is it has turned into that because now it's just uh, we have to vote for a specific party and, you know, you really have to start looking at who you're actually voting for, Um, you know, and that's, that's the end of the day, these people will make, will be voted in. um, So you have to make sure you're paying attention to who you're voting for. So, um, all right, Cindy. So uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up. Is there anything that you would like to kind of say, Maybe that we didn't get to cover, um, uh, or just final some final words for your campaign.
1: Um, I mean we're we're working hard. You know, I've been trying to educate the community for ten months on different things. I think it's important for our community to understand what's at stake here, and we need to get people out to the polls for the city elections. And if we lose or how can I say this, if the incumbent is able to continue his seat for the the next year, nothing's going to change and they're going to appoint somebody else into that seat and it's going to be the junior of the person that we're dealing with now. So it's important to encourage people. Why are they going to go out and vote? They need to go out and vote to get new city council leadership that care about the people that are not just politicians. Um, We need to get People out to vote no to keep our police department. We cannot afford to, you know, fix SAPD is um, the kind way they're trying to word it. To, it's like a tricked way to word it to, so people can vote for it, but it's actually a bad thing. Um, I mean, we just need to take time to educate our community and we need to make sure that nobody in our community is left behind, you know, and like you said, from our children's school books and how they're trained and raised all the way out to our seniors and how they're abandoned and, and ignored, you know? So everybody matters in this community mm-hmm. and everybody matters in our city. And if we don't take care of our city, we're about to lose something that's really big. We're going to not only lose more businesses, we're going to lose our culture. We're going to lose the reason why San Antonio is so special. We're going to lose our neighborhoods, you know?
0: Yeah, definitely. We have
1: to fight for what we want. And we haven't gotten it for the past, five years and we haven't gotten it for the past 20 years so it's time to take our city back
0: Mm, definitely all right well thank you cindy for for just sitting down and talking with me and and just you know just answering these questions you know there was some tough questions and stuff like that so answering the questions and thank you everyone for for um joining in uh and how can people get a hold of you i know you kind of already said it but just real quick just real quick final thing
1: Uh, My phone number is 210 988 5455. You can call me, you can text me, you can email me at c y n d i f o r s a at gmail.com. Excuse me. And my website is also um, cindy4sa.com.
0: And then people can donate and volunteer on that website as well.
1: Yes, they can donate. They can volunteer. They can email me. Once they email me, it'll ask them if they want to sign up to volunteer and what kind of volunteering. Um, we have teams out Black Walking today, tomorrow, Sunday. Um, we've been Black Walking, so uh, we do need more Black Walkers if you want to volunteer for that. Uh, we also need um, some phone bankers um, if you want to help call to see if our any of our seniors need a, a ballot, you know, or if they need any kind of. Questions answered, just call me or text me, you know. And if I can't answer you immediately, I will answer you though, because I'm here. Right now, my phone's already blowing up.
0: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So,
1: all right. Well, thank you. Thank you, everybody, for joining. And
0: also, again, to the viewers. um, Oh, I I do want a quick topic Uh, for anybody who needs assistance with their renters' insurance or mortgage insurance, uh, specifically regarding this past freeze please go to, to TDI, uh, where are we at? Uh, TDI.texas.gov. If you are having problems with your insurance and and they're not helping you with whatever reason, please go and talk to them. Um, They might be able to help you resolve some situation with your insurances. And it says any insurance, medical, auto, home, any renter's insurance, any insurance, they can help you with possibly navigating that spectrum of insurances. So please reach out to them if you are having issues um, still. uh, I just want to make sure I I throw that in there um, because it's helped so many people in the past. So, Definitely. Um, And again, all the viewers, if you would also like to donate to this live stream, you can do so. Um, You know, My my cash app is down at the bottom. If you want to do so, that'd be great to help to continue on. I'm not getting paid for this. So just please, uh, your support would also be appreciated. And I know Cindy, if you want to donate to Cindy's campaign, you can also do that. I'm pretty sure that's appreciated as well. Um, But thank you, everyone. And have a great day.
1: Bye. Thank you, Eric. Yeah, for sure.